Hey, Carm here. Hello, nice to have your presence on this Town Hall Academy Summit as we explore creative brainstorming. Hey, think about the power of ideas and how the generation and nurturing of them can have a huge impact on your business. Now, here's a taste. We visionaries, as we come to the table with 20 ideas, we think they're all great. 18 of them will put us out of business. We need people who say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But that one idea that we have that can take your business to the next level. But we have to be mature enough to listen to the no, no, no's. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support of the Town Hall Academy. You know, here's some important factors about Jasper. They have over 2,000 associates, three manufacturing facilities, two distribution centers, and 45 branch offices all across the country. And they're working hard to produce, transport, and deliver the perfect product for you, for your customer. That's what they do best at Jasper. They keep customers happy so you can. Visit jasperengines.com for more information. Welcome to your weekly webinar roundtable with aftermarket professionals as we bring a topic to the forefront each week. This is Town Hall Academy, episode 117. We do it live Fridays at 12 noon Eastern, and we repurpose the audio and video the following week. This makes the Town Hall Academy available to every aftermarket professional via your desktop or smart device anywhere in the world. Don't forget that my guest's bios, links to their previous episodes, and their key talking points for this edifying discussion are found at remarkableresults.biz slash A117. Hey, some people just bubble with ideas. They're visionaries. You've got team members who are great at seeing new and better ways to improve systems and processes, serve customers, and even create great marketing. Now, what are you doing to create an idea factory with those people in your business? Are you actively listening? Are you creating the culture to create ideas and change? Hey, lately... Have you implemented a new idea in your business, or are you just talking about them? With me is Shari Pheasant, co-owner of A Master Mechanic in Reno, Nevada, and business coach and consultant known as the Queen of Horsepower. Barry Barrett is here from Business with a Purpose and a professional EOS implementer. And David Eschbach from Clutch Performance Group is here. Hey, guess what? Ideas are flying around abundantly for you in this episode as we help you grab onto the value of creative brainstorming and getting your idea factory up and improve your business. Hey, once you're done listening, I know you'll be ready to jump into using the power of ideas to improve your business. And what I what I really want to know from you all, we can say we want ideas to uh, help um, improve our company, improve our processes, but don't we have to have the right culture inside the business to make ideas flow? It's the culture of the business is that's going to create the healthy idea factory. One thing that I said is breaking down the silos. Creating a great idea factory means really breaking down the silos of your environment. We become who we are based on our environment. So we become experts at automotive repair, at the automotive business. And it's healthy to look outside of that business and explore other markets, other business areas, 
in order to expand our minds and to trigger and to inspire creativity to bring back into our own businesses. In fact, so, in fact some of the most valuable information I've ever learned is th- by working with other business owners in other marketplaces. Yes. So it's breaking out of those silos and saying, what else can I learn? Who else can I learn from? Okay, let me, let me throw something at this group. I'm, I'm a shop owner, and, and, I, and I know that we, we've got to get creative. We've got to push the envelope a little bit. We're, we've been a little stodgy. The systems are in place. No one seems to be contributing. So I want to engage the people that matter that can help improve the business. Do I just say, okay, we're going to have, uh, we're gonna have a meeting. We're going to talk about things. I need ideas. It just doesn't happen like that, does it? No, but they think it does. <laughs> I, I mean, not even in, I've um, been honored to go outside the automotive industry the last couple of years. So I'm working with insurance, landscaping companies, title companies, and it's the same thing. So um, they think that they have that, but they don't. And so um, I think that leaders need to spend more time listening first and accepting, looking at themselves to understand that the environment that's currently around them, they've created. Um, and stop blaming the employees for it because the employees are reactive to the in- culture that they walk into. You're absolutely on target. And it's encouraging, it's building confidence in those employees to share ideas and to to allow those ideas to be heard and tested and proven to be positive or proven to be not so positive by their peers. What I'm really taking away from these first five minutes is this you got to be a great, great leader if you want to get your people to help you with your business, and especially the, the, the process improvement, the idea factory site. And that's what I keep hearing. I keep hearing, well, if I, was a great, if I was a better leader, a lot of this would be natural. I'd have incoming all the time. Barry, am I right? So you started with the culture, and I wrote down culture comes from core values. Well, the problem is, is people don't know how to identify their core values. They've never sat down and said, this is who we are. And the second problem is, is, is usually this pay, play to, pay to play or this uh, permission to play idea. Okay. Patrick Lencioni talked about the yeah. three trappings of core values. And so they're like honor, commitment, courage, you know, these permission to play core values that don't mean anything. And, and then when I look at a company and are, are they really living them? And so one of the core values that in our company is radical transparency, which means it doesn't matter who, who you're talking to or who it's the subjects about. We just say it. And so there's a culture of, of, there's a culture of protection that says, if you're saying, if this is the truth as you see it, the person you're telling it to shouldn't get all carried away with their ego. And so Ryan Holiday wrote a great book called Ego is the Enemy. And so when you can, as a leader, listen to people and they feel safe for you telling them what's, what's messed up in your company and they have a, you've hired the right person because you understand your core values and that's the way we hire from, you get a culture of creativity. And so I tell people, you never feel more alive than when you're curious. So when I say, hey, you know, I'm curious, what's this about? And so Strength Finders, my number four is actually ideation. I'm number four too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of my, my number one is communication. I don't think anybody's blown away by that. But number four is ideation. And so the ideas are a dime a dozen as well. So there's a lot of things that people have ideas everywhere and original ideas, eh, not that there's very few and far between original ideas, but creativity comes from culture. 
but they have to feel safe to bring it up. The the real issues. Uh, being safe is being uh, having being having having the right skills uh, or skill sets as a good leader. I mean, you've got to make it safe. Yeah. One of the things in my house, my 14 year old boy can call me out on my crap. He can say, dad, you're, you're just not living our core values. And when I say that to an audience, they're like, you let your son talk back. I'm like, well, everything that he knows pretty much to the, to date came from me anyway. So yeah, he has absolute a hundred percent radical transparency in this house to say, that's not who we are. That's not what Barrett's do. You know, you brought up such a great point. If the corp, if your company, if your small business had the right set of core values, the company transforms almost on its own, especially if you lead to those and you find everyone doing the things that are right with the core values or wrong with the core values and you can coach toward that. I would imagine that, um, process improvement and ideas just bubble up. They don't even have to be, you know, you were saying something about silo early, earlier, David, uh, that, that you don't you don't build silos when everyone's on the same page. There, there aren't any. And I think we need to build sustainable practices. So you need to make it last. And, and you can't just talk about it and think you're implementing it for a minute and then back away from it that because that actually creates more harm than good in the culture that you're trying to build. Because ideas about, it's about keeping, not just capturing good ideas, but keeping good ideas alive, right? And imagining new uses for old ideas. That's why there's never a bad idea because it might just be an idea that's not yet flourished or been given time to ruminate or grow like a plant, right? And so then putting those ones that come pro- are promising to the test. So I think there's more than just having ideas and we've got to dig deeper in our practices as leaders in how we build that culture. So it's foundational. We have strong pillars and it sustains, it lasts, right? So, yeah. Let's move on from, you know, good quality culture and leadership and let's get kind of do some how-tos on how we can make this happen. Do we write the ideas down anywhere that we get? So there's a, I was getting the, the quote that popped into my head and I'm going to quote a minute, uh, as you probably know, yeah, we know that. is ideas are, uh, is the brain is used for having ideas, not storing them. And so when people say, oh, I can't remember because the brain is, is there just to have ideas. It's what keeps people up at night. When someone has trouble and I, when I'm coaching someone, somebody has trouble sleeping at night, I say, well, here's what you need to do. They wake up at 3 a.m. and everything's going through their head. I'm like, here's what you do. Every night before you go out of bed, get a, get a, get a piece of paper and a pencil. And really, I want you to get a hardbound journal. That's the best thing to do. But anyway, right before you go to bed, I want you to write everything down that's in your head and put it out on paper. If you wake up in the middle of the night, I want you to have it right there. I want you to grab the book. I want you to turn on the light or go in the other room if your spouse is there sleeping next to you. And I want you to write all the ideas that you have down in, at 3 a.m., your 3 a.m. thoughts to keep you up at night. And once you write them down, the brain's okay to rest because it's like, okay, we've done something with those. We've done something with those. So now we can rest. No, that's a, that's a great idea. And I hope I don't go backwards, put us in reverse here, Carm, but we're talking about, and, and I love the, the transparency and um, Barry, what was the, what was the, your keyword on transparency? Radical. There? Radical. 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 Transparency. I stole that from Ray Dalio who, who, well, we do. It's a lease program. Yeah, um, we do. Steal shamelessly. In a great example with your son, 
But everything starts from small steps with our teams. So to get to radical transparency, sometimes with our teams, we have to prove to them that we will support that radical transparency. In our industry, we have very different personalities in a very small area. Technicians and service advisors and owners are three very different personalities and three very different function patterns of the brain. Sometimes to get that technician to really step out of his or her shell and to be creative and to nurture that creative uh, inspiration within within them, we have to prove that we are radically transparent. And so a great step to getting there and probably a step you did with your son before he said, hey, you're full of crap on this, was little baby steps, little ideas and implementing those ideas um, after we write them down. And even if they're the smallest ideas, and that's the really the key is to put those ideas into action, regardless of the size of them. And it's a it's a it's an earned process that we have to, to we, that we have to complete from our team before we can really get this factory going at full speed. Yeah, we we have rites of passage, and so you can earn your right of passage. And I think employees need to be comfortable with this too. You can't just I can't just hire you on Monday and then you mm-hmm. come in and with your big ideas on Thursday. Yeah. That's not a good idea. And so you need to understand like how this culture works first and how we operate as a team. And before you can get the right to do this, we have rites of passage. At six years old, I did not say, you know, you have the permission to call me out on my stuff. (laughs) Just A, he wouldn't have done it. Six-year-olds done. But at 14, you know, when we have this, uh, we have an idea where teenagers, this is in a pairing class, but it's, it's, it's the same thing as leadership. So at at four, as a teenager, I tell my kids that teenager doesn't exist in this house. So it's a made up word that we came up with as in the English language that gives people an excuse to misbehave and that we call them teenagers. I tell my son, you're not a teenager. You're a young adult. Mm -hmm. And at 14 and he's, you know, six foot, 175 pounds, like you're seen really as a young adult. It doesn't matter how you act. Like people see you as older. And so you're a young adult. And so you get permission to make more mistakes than I do, but not much because you're a young adult. Mm-hmm. And it's earning those, it's going through those steps to getting to where he is now. Right. And that's something that we have to do with our teams. And, and I think everybody's really alluded to that. We have to put these ideas into action. Right. And so to translate that into the, into the business world, you, you literally could have a structure inside your business of, hey, you are here. And now you're here and now you're here and it gives you permission to do things. Now, when you start at a lower, lower deal, you, you, your, your next report, the person that you report to, that's who you give your ideas to. I was also in the Marine Corps. And so there's a chain command. Mm-hmm. So that idea gets passed to the leader above you. And then that leader passes it to their leader and giving you absolute credit. Because if we don't hold leaders accountable to giving their their direct reports credit, it's not a good idea. I was thinking there's an exercise that you can do in the shops um, and it's take one hour or 30 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever you can decide on how to um, get another hundred dollars on your ARO. And of course, nothing that doesn't have to be done, but there's things that they miss. We know that. So if as a team you got together and practice doing that, there's, it's very, um, 
centrally um, focused so that there's no like focus on the back or the front or what you're doing or what he's doing. It's a focus on what can we do together as a shop to lift ourselves. And so in that brainstorming, you have certain rules like every idea is good. Um, don't put any idea down. Um, uh, Walt Disney says there's three different ways of thinking. You've got a dreamer, a realist, and a critic. So who is which one of those? Because all three of those, those three stages of thinking are required in an idea factory. And so we have to permiss them, but we have to capture them in a way that supports the whole team in continuing sharing their ideas. If your customer has a vehicle they like, they shouldn't have to get rid of it because the engine, transmission, or differential failed. You know, because you and your customer know the vehicle maintenance, there's no reason they can't keep it on the road. Depreciation, license, insurance, interest, add them all up and they'll probably total more than it would cost to install a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Personal finances only go so far. Daily living expenses, college for the kids, and as we all hope, retirement. So before your customer rushes out to buy a new or a newer used vehicle because their engine or transmission has failed, contact Jasper and find out how a remanufactured product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions can extend the life of your customer's present vehicle for an amount much less than the higher expenses that come with a vehicle trade. Give their vehicle a new lease on life with Jasper. Do many in the industry today feel that they can't contribute to the business? And, and, I, and I'm speaking at, in, in our, our automotive segment. Uh, the coaches, um, very interesting last week as we talked about improving efficiency. They went into this kind, this area, unbeknownst to me, this is kind of one of the areas that they went into. And we were talking about continual improvement. If we were going to improve efficiency and we were going to always be looking for continual improvement. And here we are today talking about an idea factory. Uh, we, we, you know, t- talk to me about meetings, talk to me about continual improvement. And then the only thing I could think of here is, as I'm listening to you, is that in the old days, remember the, the suggestion box that used to exist in many companies? I mean, we, we, did we, you notice it disappeared? Yeah, it dis- yeah, it, it, yeah, God, it, dis- it did disappear. And, and who knows what decade that was. But we're, we're here saying it needs to exist, not in the form of write something down and maybe you, you'll win a gift card. It's like, wait a minute, at this exact moment in time, we may need to change this process right now. Encourage people to raise their hand to stop the flow and to contribute. You can't do it if, if, if the owners run in buckshot on the company so i'll i'll take this if you don't care like this is because i I said ideas that are dime a dozen it's the execution of ideas that that really matter knowledge is not power applied knowledge is right so so we miss that a lot we talk about you know knowledge is power no there's really a lot of people who know a lot more than all of us sitting on their couch not doing a thing what you know except for like answering the question on jeopardy they don't even go on jeopardy when you look at the, the the implementation of this, so, so what I tell people in, on teams is, as I said, everyone should have an have a issues tab tablet. So what, what they do is they go in and every time they have a, a problem in in their business or in their job, they write it on the issues list, and everybody has one. So you have ten employees, in, including the owner or whatever, they all have an issues list. That issues list gets submitted every week to the top, to the, to the leadership team. And then the leadership team goes and they identify, discuss, and solve all of these issues. Well, you're really, your ideas have no function unless they solve a problem. 
right? And getting you to grow is a problem. Like to get better is a problem of having that problem. So every issue has an idea. And so then we actually take those ideas. And then when the lowest level person on your team has an idea that gets implemented, they're like, wow, I really matter. And when people matter, they come up with more ideas. So Greg put in here, I just want to share this, Barry, that's a perfect segue. It says they may not realize their voice is valued, so therefore they don't attempt to speak. And I'd like to take it a step further from what I've seen. Their voice isn't valued or heard because what I find, and it's not out of a leader being rude or, or saying you don't have value. It's so... Um, in Strength Finders, strategic arranger, input, ideation, and responsibility. So I believe in, I believe, go figure. I go, I believe in looking here first, right, to come up with these things. And so I've seen where leaders feel responsible for having all the answers. They want to provide for their team. They're supposed to be this. They're supposed to know that. They're supposed to be good at this. They're supposed to. And they don't let go to allow themselves to make mistakes or learn. And so that's why they're not, I believe that's a key fragment of why they're not listening. And so my encouragement is that best leadership is vulnerable, is to listen. Is you listen first, allow brainstorming, support the change, and teach transformation through with an emphasis on technology. That's how you make it last, those four themes. So um, I think we leaders have to allow ourselves to take a look at where we're really at right now. Um, I worked for um, someone in an industry who we, where he was very respected, but he didn't allow ideation at all because the ego was too big and the team was not going to succeed. And um, it squished me and I consider myself a pretty strong gal, but I, I got silenced. And when I left, it took me over a year find my voice again. Crazy. And then the leader, if you take that brain and most 75% of our industry are technicians and they're like, I'm going to find the problem. I'm going to fix the problem. I can get it done. And if not, it's it's somebody else's fault. And I don't think they consciously think that. I think it's just your, your brain's a muscle. It learned to work a certain way. So it keeps working that way. And it's just an unconscious thing that I believe a lot of coaches and I, I, really admire Barry for doing this because he's one of the ones that really digs in and talks to you about not just this industry and what this industry needs, but what you need as a person. I don't care what industry you're in because these things go across all industries. And I've seen that in the last couple of years. It's not just the automotive industry. It's everywhere. I think anywhere that you have levels of any type of hierarchy, a bureaucratic hierarchy, you run into that. And you and as something as a leader, like you said, I think you said it perfectly. The leader does not always have to have the solution. Um, and that's something that they feel they have to do and, and want to build on something else that you said. Creativity is a very an emotional process. Mm. It's emotional for the people who are providing it. It's emotional for the people who are enacting it. Um, that's where it comes from. Anything creative in this world came from emotion, regardless of what it produced. Yeah. But it was, it was derived through emotion. And if that is crushed in just the slightest bit, then it can shut down that whole pipeline of creativity from that person. And you can really set a person back. And that's once again, as leaders, we really have to be conscious of um, that when we're listening to an idea, regardless how crazy that idea is, it is coming from a place of emotion. And if we start shutting that down, that's very powerful. um, And and that can really hurt our business. It's going to shut down the whole business. I mean, the business is going to atrophy. Um, Such great points. And and I can't help but keep thinking it goes back to becoming a good leader and having the confidence that the people that you work with who work for you can contribute. Can I 
add some responsibility to the employees of those leaders, though? Because it's two-sided. It's a push-push, right? There isn't just one thing happening. I think that employees aren't allowing leaders to make mistakes. I don't think employee, I think employees have unrealistic expectations um, of leaders um, having this ability to go from where we were to where this whole paradigm shift of the workforce has happened without any opportunity to learn on their own. So I don't think we're supporting the mutual learning process. Go, Barry. So I'm going to partially agree, which means I disagree. Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I like it. So everything rises on leader uh, on, on leadership. Every, everything rises and falls on leadership. That's John Maxwell quote. Yep. No, all bottlenecks are at the top. Yep. You two things I tell people: if you have the wrong employee, you either hired the wrong employee or you turn them into the wrong employee. That's Agreed. it. That's that's your choices. So although I, lo- I I do agree, if we hired the right employee, we train them, and then the outside forces turn them into that then of course, now it's our responsibility to get rid of them. So it's always our responsibility as leaders. And so I, 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 I get the sentiment. I agree with the, the idea of it, but man, I just, no. I just think that we have a choice. Go ahead. Okay. And I agree that the leader is ultimately responsible. So I want to agree with you and explain the divergence of thought that I have mm-hmm. a little bit. Yep. Um, and it's based on what I'm seeing. Okay, so it's what I'm experiencing when I have private interviews with the employees and we talk about because, you know, I I go into a company, it's like leaders like help me with my employees. Okay, and I know where it's going, but I don't bring that out yet. Right. Good. Get in there. But I I, I believe that employees are really harsh on the leaders right now. And so I believe in in the environment where leadership is in place. And we are active that yes, but we have an environment where we're still crossing that pain point. We're in the red ocean. We've got to get to that blue ocean and cross the pain point, right? Where these leaders are making the change and that's not going to happen overnight. The culture doesn't change overnight. The leadership doesn't change overnight. We develop as persons. I think everybody here is a lifelong learner, right? We're not the same person we were two years ago, five years ago, six months ago, because we're constantly learning. So that's the process. I'm not sure we understand and embrace um, consciously with each other in communication that's connected. And I think that's what's important. So one more point, Carm, just really quick, because I want I, I don't want to miss this. Oh, and what, this is going crazy now. What just happened was Shari and I know each other, care for each other, had a what's called creative conflict. And we just came to the solution. Whether we convinced each other that, that those ideas are right, we built on ideas, that's what just happened, creative conflict. And there's a, in a culture of trust, in this room, then people can be respectful and disagree without being disagreeable. But I actually moved toward her, her idea more just now. And so that, that, that was pretty cool. Go ahead. I want to move on into a different area. I want to talk about how we can actually get ideas to bubble up inside the business. And I would love for you to offer some tactics to the audience and say, Oh, this is a great, you, maybe I never thought of this, but you know what? Invite the team to stay after we close. Turn the night lights on and hang out in the business. And go to everyone and say, please go out to your workstation, wherever it is, and, and, and just reflect on what the day was like. Look at the movements, look at the plans, look at the noise, look at the flow, you know, the customers that came in. And find out from this, this, this hovering perspective as to what your day was like, if there's any 
any areas of change we could find. Now, those are encouraging an exchange of ideas to bubble up. You may say, Carm, well, it's all about improving processes. Oh, cool. Mm, those are ideas, and ideas end up becoming usually, you know, culture processes, and they make the business run. Uh, help me with the audience to come up with some really cool tactics on how we can make these ideas bubble up. Processes are boring. Let's just call it up. <laughs> They're boring to talk about. So you can't talk about a boring subject and create ideas. And at night, when most people at night, when the lights go out, they're, they're, they've already burnt up all of their brain power for the day. So I find that in the morning is the best time for ideas. Now, Vern Harnish, we, we talked about the book in the beginning by Vern Harnish. And he says, nothing interesting can come out of your brain that you don't put in first. So the first thing that you do in the morning is listen to, read, or watch something super motivational, super educational, and whatever. And then what you can do, and you quiet your mind, you had Vinny on with his rant, and I loved his rant, and people were making fun of Vinny about doing yoga and his team. I do yoga. So there, right? And it quiets the mind. It's impossible for the mind to be bored what you're doing may seem like it's boring because you're not doing what you want to do. But if you will quiet your mind and go internally and just and meditate, whatever that means for you, and you just think your mind cannot be bored. It's finding something to, to, to a nuance. And so in the morning, if you read something and, and pre prepare your brain to be creative and then sit and just for five minutes, just sit and think about nothing because you'll think about everything. But if I could assemble the team in the business, Barry, even even to your point in the morning, and we can reflect on where were the bottlenecks yesterday, you know, you may say that processes aren't, aren't that important. No, I said they're, I said they're not oh, interesting. Yeah, well, they're not interesting. I'm sorry, they're not, they're not interesting. But the ideas make, I mean, because you can have an idea on, on to write a book, or you can have a, an idea on how to improve a process. It's yeah. A, it's, it's the same thing. How do we encourage and and occasionally as as the team last week said you're going to find a dog idea that you as an owner said hmm 10 years ago i tried that and it failed who says it's not going to work today so yeah. encouraging yeah. ideas no matter what they look like are important yes no team yeah, yeah. yes i like so a, a tactic um that you can wrap your hands around is use the five why process ask why when you look at an area for change why are you changing that um, because we need to make it better for our customers. Why do we need to make it better for our customers? Because we got some complaints. Why do we get complaints? Because we didn't. So it takes you, when you ask the five whys, and it tends to depersonalize it. Um, you know, decisions are all emotionally made. We talked about emotion. And so how do we take that out and not take it personal? Because it's really about the business. We're the ones running the business, so we take it personal <clears throat> when perhaps we aren't doing what we're, we need to do that's best for the business and the team. But I think the five whys, that process of asking why, 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 five times, it digs you down to where you need to be to solve that. That's a great exercise to do with um, yeah. your team. Um, I think I took this question a liter little bit more literally uh, as for what activity to do. One, with creative differences with Barry, um, <laughs> I think process is everything. Because I think that sometimes when we talk about creativity, we jump to that end in mind. And it's a great place to start, but we can't get stuck in resulting. 
And sometimes if we create an idea factory that says, I want to do this, we do forget the steps to get there. So to nurture our people to really hone in on the process to get there, that's where creativity is. Um, It's kind of like me saying, hey, I want to drop 30 pounds. Okay. But with the creative part is how I drop those 30 pounds. Yeah. Going back to exercise, one thing that I've done with quite a few shops, and I know it may sound a little silly, but it's very effective, is that uh, you take little tags, just little white tags, manila tags with the wires on them, and you write down a statement of benefit for everything in that shop. Everything down to the, down to the shelf that holds the inventory in the cores. It really helps your team look at the shop in a different manner. And yeah. then you start questioning, is that benefit or is that, pro, or is that item, does that benefit my workday and how does it benefit my workday? And you really get them thinking about it. And, and it's, always, it's always a shocker when I present this because guys say, that's silly. But then they start doing it. And you break down everything that you can possibly find in that shop and write down a benefit on that tag and hang it on that item. And it's really cool to see really a unity of the team when they do this, but then they start questioning, well, why do we have this right here? It's not doing anything. Let's get it out of the way and see if it opens up workflow. Or this over here really is a benefit to this process. It needs to move over to here. So I think, hopefully I didn't take this question too literally, but that's David, that was magic. No, David, that was magic because... Now you're, I see, I like playing in the brain, right? Now you're creating a brain process of, is this useful? What is its benefit? And it's everything. Is this process? And I, I, Barry, I know Barry likes process. He just knows it's boring. He yes. knows <laughs> it's viable. You guys misheard me. But I don't like it, right? See, being I 30 pounds skinnier is listen, far, more, far more fun than getting 30 pounds. I think, <laughs> I think process, and he, Shari heard me. I think that process is the most important. I think it's the most boring. But let's be honest. <laughs> I'm a visionary. Like, you know, and, and so the other thing that we got to be careful of, if we visionaries, is we come to the table with 20 ideas. We think they're all great. 18 of them will put us out of business. And so we need people who say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But that one idea that we have that can take your business to the next level, but we have to be mature enough to listen to the no, no, no's. Yeah. No, and you're absolutely correct. As long as I'm running down the line of, of very literal activities, another one, it's an age-old activity, but I've done it with a, a hundred shops and it's always worked out beautifully and it's called, you know, it's the explanation game. Um, explain a light bulb to, you know, someone in, in 1500. Um, you know, explain the internet to someone in 1955. Explain an ice cream cone to someone in 1895. It's a great activity for your service advisors because that's good. It forces them to explain things in a different way because they are explaining an ice cream cone to someone in 1895 is really no different than explaining a ball joint to someone in 2019. Mm -hmm. And it's another activity that sparks creativity, um, usable creativity. And that same, that same activity again can be applied to leadership. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Let, let's make mm-hmm. it simple. Explain the change in that format as if we don't know. And so we support each other in that learning process going through it. Involve everybody, right? Create the conversations, open that up, build some teamwork and engagement through it and totally be 
what is it? Radical transparency. Radical yeah. transparency. We, we all so need to adopt that. I'm going to give you a quote, a quote of my son's that he actually came up with a year and a half ago. I think he says that he, I, I mean, I do, I love it. It says dreams are the early, are just the early fabrics of reality. Well, true. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love to quote my kids. Is your son, yeah. uh, does your son want a job at the Clutch Performance Group? <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, I teach my kids, you don't want to be, you don't want to have a job. It stands for just over broke. <laughs> a future. A career is different, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then so we we just, we we say, that's, that's not a bad idea. Tell me how, that's the other thing. You know what? I, I was talking to a business owner the other day. And he has a visionary on his team. And he says, man, this guy, I I tell him an idea or he tells me an idea and I tell him, you know, this guy's a hole poker, you know, well, how's that? That's not going to work because of these reasons. Mm -hmm. Instead of, instead of saying that's not going to work because of these reasons, he gives you an idea. You say, let me ask you this, explain to me how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then and when he falls back into the explanation game, <laughs> yeah, he starts to explain it, and then says, "Well, do you see any any holes to poke there? Are there any downsides to that?" And they just start thinking about the downsides. Questions are the answers, right? We we go all the way back to the Socratic method. Questions are the answers, and when you start asking people questions, they don't get offended. They can't. They're the ones coming up with the answers. Now. It's leading questions, like a lawyer, right? You start adding leading questions because you already know the, the trick because you've been there. So you start asking questions around that. They'll get there on their own. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it, it's also a way, it's also a genuine way to help them develop their idea even further than what they've initially thought as well. Yeah. Um, and, and to run with that, it's a great way to avoid to 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 avoid stifling those ideas. And I think Sherry, when you ran into this, probably your ideas, I can only assume, but your ideas were poked with holes. And that was what you knew you were going to encounter. And that's different than coming to the table with an idea and supporting that idea and talking about that idea. Oh, absolutely. And it happens at the CEO level. It happens at the executive level. So, and and in fact, I was brainstorming last night, you know, preparing for today and I, I didn't get to redo it, but I did this drawing. I like to map stuff and you can't see it, but leadership is in the middle and everyone has to be happy. Um, they need to want to be heard. They, they want to be heard. So the leader wants to be heard. The people want to be heard. We need to share our ideas for influence, creates vision. We have to have action then that motivates and inspires and that's the idea factory and everyone's involved. And so it just keeps going around and the leaders in the middle. Um, so I'll draw, I can draw that. I was going to draw it better, but I'm sorry. That's all I got. Can we put that in the show notes? I'd love that. That's, that's to me, that's uh Shari, you, you prepare, you prepare for stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do Barry. I know Barry, I know. Barry's the only one who could just you walk in too. and do it. Come on. I get my brain in the right place. <laughs> no, Wait a minute. No, well, you, people, you all know Barry can... was late to the table with his talking points. So Always. I was prepare. too. Have you, have you looked at procrastination and creativity and the correlation? <laughs> oh, trust me. I, I'm telling you, there's research. Oh, trust me. I, I get that part. Barry. Yeah. Listen, uh, listen, listen to Adam Grant's TED Talk. Because do you know who? Oh, wait. Okay. Adam Grant. Adam Grant. He's an organizational psychologist and he talks about creativity and procrastination. And, and I am super creative, yeah, let's yeah. call you it. You are owning that. Yeah. You are owning and, that. And I don't know about any of you, but my, I do my best work under that, that time bound pressure. Yeah. 
And so, well, the, 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 the deal is this, it's, it's like, it's, I don't wing it. People say, oh, Barry, you wing it. Because if you, if you sat through a class of mine, you know that notes are not something that I don't look at slides and I, right, Shari, you've been there. I, I just don't do that kind of stuff. I don't wing it. I've already read and prepared in, in, in the past. So when I get up, I know my stuff and I can really just flow with creativity. It's just how my brain works. And some people's works like beautifully like Shari's where she puts it down and she can illustrate it. I can't, like, I just don't do that, which I, I thank God for people like her because then you have an actual product that you can scan in, right? And, and wait a minute, I'm a high doer driver, right? 100% right. doer driver, 72% influencer, but that, that responsibility in, my, in me, right? That intentional, that resourceful, I want to use everything the best way possible and we need to have purpose. So I, I feel very responsible when I'm talking to anybody or whatever to have the right information and the right path to impact a lasting change. I want people listening to this to hear us and do something about it. Yeah. Um, when I, you know, travel was traveling in, 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 in the industry, you know, really um, doing my 10,000 hours, right? Um, I, I saw what was going on. And so I, I, I feel like I'm not a technician. I don't work on cars, but I look for those gaps and what's happening because I want to fill them, not because I want to criticize, but let's, I know that we're not going to get anywhere unless we face those, right? Conflict is is the path to change, is the path to solution. And instead of taking it personal and er, er, stopping each other up, we just need to embrace that and, and go forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. You guys are on fire. <laughs> it's an idea factory. Oh. In fuego, we're heating up. You guys are on fire. Hey, should we go outside the industry to uh, to, to find new ideas? That's yeah. where you find the best ideas. Yeah, let's yeah break through those silos. The best example that I can use is we do it all the time. We start talking about doctors, how they mm -hmm. present things. I mean, we stole that from them. But when you look, and he's talking about silos, right? You you go you go out and find the find the weirdest what you think is the weird. You know what? I'll go back to Vinny's uh, rant because I loved it so much. Yoga, you know that is completely outside of our industry. But I'll tell you this: like it's the fountain of youth. When I started doing yoga, I had the tightest hips you could have. I couldn't, my golf swing was struggling. But a few weeks later, like I was back to 30 years old again. I'm 42. Like wow. it's the fountain of youth. That's an idea that people will laugh at. And Gandhi said the first, first they'll, they'll laugh at you. Right. And then they'll, 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 what was it? Some, they'll fight you. They'll fight and then you. they'll, and then, and then you I win. Remember. Yeah. And, and I know Vinny and I, and, yeah. and I got to coach Vinny and Anthony at their shop. Um, that's what has gotten them out of their shop. That was my main goal. With sure. And, and Vinny, Vinny, his yoga really silent, quiets his mind. He's an extremely highly creative, intelligent individual. And so he disciplines himself through his yoga and it keeps his creative mind alive. And he's handling the marketing for his shop right now. And I'll tell you what, he is nailing it. So um, I loved his rant. I thought it was crazy and it took us to a new place of thinking. He wouldn't say this, but I, like I met him, right? And he wouldn't say this, but I think, you know, the people making fun of him, I'm like, the dude, the dude, the dude is a, is, is a, is a mixed martial artist. I don't think you would want to tango with him. <laughs> but his, his heart's not there. He would never do that. <laughs> oh, I'm, if they challenged him to it, he would, he wouldn't hurt him, but. <laughs> he, might, he might play a little like you do with a little spider or something. Right. right? Let him right, know. Right. That's. Another thing too, with the, with the self, you know, the self-development through yoga, which is awesome. In the mornings, I take my, you know, three to five mile walks and, but, uh, 20 groups 
you know, 20 groups have really been falsely defined as 20 other great shop owners. 20 groups, the origin of a 20 group is diversity. Going in and finding business owners in different industries. And I think that's healthy to do is to find a 20 group or something like that within your community of different business owners. And that's an easy activity to do. Shoot, you can find that through your local chamber of commerce. You can find that through BNI. Um, Just finding those people that you want to talk to. And that's a great way to branch out and learn. It's amazing what I've learned and I've implemented with shops, with shop owners by talking to somebody in one of my 20 groups who owns a house cleaning company. She is dynamic and Mm -hmm. her workflow isn't much different than ours. Um, And it creates and promotes a creativity as well. I I agree. And I also think that the the 20s groups within the industry are good. We have a Napa BDG Mm -hmm. and our business development group. There's nothing that's been, because we're all in the same community, we're going through the same thing. Once you break through that trust barrier and you have that trust with each other, there's just amazing stuff that those shops in the same cities can bond together and do. And and Napa has it nailed with that. Oh yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that those are, but... but No, I know you're not. I know. I'm adding to you. I'm agreeing with you. And, and and I'm agreeing with you too, David. Uh, I know some shop owners that are in BNI and in other groups, and they're taking so many great ideas from other industries and, and other leaders in the industry. I want to. Um, you guys have been chatting about Vinny and, and his rant about yoga. It's uh, for the record, episode 42. It it just came out this past Monday. So if you haven't heard it, it's really worth it. Uh, he did it with me at Vision, guys, and 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 I think it just had happened. I mean, Vision was what two months ago. He was so hot. You could tell. <laughs> you could tell. And when we were all done with it, I says, "You feel." Be- we're all done off record. Mics are turned off, and I said, "You feel better." Well, hey, look at. I'm going to give each of you a, a, a chance to, you know, sum this up from your perspective about uh, creating an idea factory. Who has been with me? David Eschbach from Clutch Performance Group. Barry Barrett from EOS Professional. I'm sorry, from Business with Purpose. Who is an EOS? professional implementer and Shari Pheasant uh, a master mechanic her and her husband own that and the queen of horsepower and business coach I'll give you the first of the last words Oh, good. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on that theme and say that we need to make it last so leaders need to listen first they need to allow brainstorming they need to support the change they need to teach transformation and emphasize technology and I mean like Having a central knowledge like repository where everything you everyone can look and be on the same page, they can monitor progress and be accountable. And that you need to the most important thing is leaders need to know we need to change. So we need to think about innovation and how our cultures are um, reflected um, in that kind of thinking. Because it's easy to talk about developing ideas, but implementing it as a team is totally different. So um, we need to take that challenge on as an industry and as leaders and owners. And we need to um, just be vulnerable and make that change for an idea factory. That's how we're going to move forward. David, you're next. Absolutely. Thank you. This is an awesome opportunity as well. And it was great to meet uh, Barry and Sherry on this as, as well. You guys, a wealth of information. Uh, when it comes down to creating your 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 uh, creativity uh, factory, your, um, really allow your team to believe that they can break the rules because change of process is breaking the current rules. Think, uh, you know, let them know that they can do that. Embrace their ideas. Remember that their ideas come from a level of emotion um, and those emotions are strong. Implement those ideas. 
and work with them through the implementation process to see how that works out. Don't be afraid if the idea fails because every failed idea is really grounds to build a better idea beyond that. Um, and it's truly listening to your team and truly focusing on what they feel, they, how they feel that they can improve the process. And then for yourself as a leader, take a look outside of our industry. Break the silos. Go talk to other business owners. Really stretch and exercise your mind to, to, to understand what other people's, uh, what their obstacles are and what they've had to work through. And really goals as well. David is a first timer on the Town Hall Academy. Excellent job. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Barry, I'll give you the last word. I like it. So I always like to give the resources. I talked about Adam Grant. He's got a podcast and his first two episodes, if you go back and, and listen to them, is one, uh, How to Love Criticism. Mm. And then two, the, uh, the Daily Show Secrets to Creativity. That's the first two episodes. So okay. I think that we better learn how to love criticism because we can see innovation as criticism of our current way of doing things. Sure. Right? Great. Great and idea. so yeah. one of the things that I'll, I'll say that we don't like to change. We don't like to be innovative for a couple of reasons. One of them, and I got this from Seth Godin, is that when we say we need a new idea, we need a better way of doing things, all of a sudden we're admitting that we're incompetent at this new, at this new thing. So we have to admit that what we're competent at does not work as well anymore. And we have to come to a level of incompetence, which scares us to death. Yeah. Feels like a lion's coming over the, coming over the, horizon plane to kill us mm -hmm. and it's not it's just this innate we don't have anything afraid to be afraid of so we have to be afraid of things that shouldn't be we shouldn't be afraid of and so what i would tell people is like get past your ego let it go and just let people give you feedback because man you're going to grow so much for it and have this creative conflict and this culture of like, we get things together and we make the sausage and whatever comes out and an idea meritocracy where the best ideas win, not whose they are. Mm -hmm. And if you want to hear more about that, Ray Dalio has a book called Principles and man, it's just lays it out. I like to feed the mind and that makes me be more creative. That's, that's the only thing is input in, and then feed out. Stop watching the daggone news. There's nothing creative about it. <laughs> That's it. It's a total waste of time. I totally that was a rant. agree. <laughs> well, thank, I thank you for your rant here. Very good. Hey, creative brainstorming, how to build an idea factory. Thank you all so much for being here. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.